I was expecting a way more empty auditorium than this, so thanks for not dipping out for spring break quite yet. Um, I know a lot of you are probably required to be here for RAs or athletics or whatever it may be, but um, it's been a long week. I know we're probably all ready for this break. It's been a little stressful, so I know we just prayed, but I'm going to go ahead and pray again if that's cool, so let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your presence here this morning and for all that you are. And I just pray that what is communicated this morning would be glorifying and honoring to you and be exactly what you want to be heard. And I just pray that we all right now just open our hearts and open our minds to all that you want to say so that we may leave this place knowing more of who you are and knowing more about you and loving you even more. Thank you for loving on us. And again, thank you for your presence here this morning. In your precious and holy name, we all said together, amen. So as humans, there are things that we just need. Two of those things are we just need to feel safe and we need to feel valued. The second we don't feel safe, we become afraid. And the second we don't feel valued, we become uncertain, insecure, unsure. Now, for those of you that know me, my friends know this, I scare really easily. Like, I am a scaredy cat. Like, I don't do scary movies. I don't go to haunted things by choice. I'll go with friends because it's fun, whatever. But it's not something I would just choose. And when I was younger, like a toddler, it was 10 times worse. Like, there are things that everyone's scared of when they're little, like the dark or monsters. Like, I was scared of everything. I was scared of spiders, but all insects. I, you guys, I love Disney. I have to talk about it. Um, one of our Disney VHSs before Tarzan came out, had a trailer on it for Tarzan, and I could not watch that trailer because it scared me. He literally, all he's doing, it's just like the dramatic drum music, and he's like skating through the branches, swinging through the vines, and then he lands at the end and like glares at the camera, and it scared the crap out of me when I was little. I don't know why. I would hide behind the couch and not watch it. Um, And when we're little, we all have like our safety thing. Like we might have a baby blanket or a stuffed animal, and while I had all those things, That wasn't really it for me. The thing that I had that brought me comfort, um, made me feel safe, was actually my mom would like give me one of her sweatshirts. And it would rotate so we could wash them. But at at a point, I would always have my mom's sweatshirt. And it made me feel so good. It made me feel safe. It was soft. It smelled like her. And I know she had given this up, this sweatshirt up for me um, so that I could feel safe and I could feel comforted. And now my biggest fear, and it's still kind of something I am a little scared of, are tornadoes. Like, when I was little, any time there was a storm, I was convinced that a tornado was going to come and suck up the earth and we were all going to die. I panicked every time there was a storm. And there was one specific time when my parents were gone and we had a babysitter and it was storming. I don't know if there was actually a tornado warning or not, but again, I saw the situation as impossible. I knew I was going to die. I was never going to see my parents again. It was traumatic and terrible, and I did not see a way out, and I didn't have my mom's sweatshirt. I didn't have it with me, and I was freaked out, and I was so freaked out that I couldn't even like look around me. I was just so scared and just sitting on the couch thinking about how I was going to die anytime, and the tornado was going to come, and then I looked up and realized that my mom's sweatshirt was just an arm's length away, right at the end of the couch. And I grabbed it, and I immediately felt safe and valued and comforted. Now, there's a character in the Bible that we're going to talk about this morning, and I feel like as Protestants, we don't really talk about her unless it's Christmas, um, and that's Mary, uh, Mary the mother of Jesus. And Mary is someone who surrendered to the will of God, 
knowing that he would keep her safe and valued in what seemed to be an impossible situation. That's who we're going to look at today because I think she's a boss. And again, I wish we talked about her more. Um, But the story of Mary is in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Um, There's a lot of verses that she's talked about in, so I'm just going to summarize most of it. But if you want to follow along and you have your Bible or your phone, um, that'd also be awesome. But what we see that first happens is Gabriel, an angel or a messenger of the Lord, comes to Mary and says, greetings. And for some reason, I picture like the spot. Sorry, that's a Star Trek reference, not a Star Wars reference. I apologize. But um, he just says greetings to her. This angelic figure comes and says greetings. And Mary's freaked out. She's troubled, as the texts say, uh, by this. And then Gabriel just drops the bomb and just says, you're going to have Jesus. Surprise. Um, And Mary sees this. She says, this is impossible. And she tells Gabriel, she's like, this can't happen. I'm a virgin. That means she hasn't had sex. That means she can't have a baby. We've all taken health. We know this. And yes, I just said sex on stage. Goodness. Um, But then Gabriel tells her, and he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the one born to you will be holy and will be considered the Son of God. The power of the Most High will make what seems impossible, possible. And then he encourages her more, and it references a relative of Mary named Elizabeth, who in her old age, and she was barren, and she saw getting pregnant as impossible. But because the Lord spoke to Elizabeth and said, you would have a child, in this moment, when Gabriel is speaking to Mary, Elizabeth is in her sixth month of pregnancy. And he tells Mary this to encourage her. And again, he says, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responds and says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now just some context of this. It is believed that Mary at this time is between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. And she's betrothed or engaged to get married to Joseph, who is of the line of David and a very religious man. But she's not married. She's very young. She's not married. She's a virgin. And now when you think about our culture now, even maybe here at school, um, we tend to not think too highly of people that get pregnant before they're married. Just being honest. Imagine that in Bible times. So much more strict. She wasn't just in danger of getting judged. She was in danger of getting judged. But it was so much more than this. By surrendering to the will of God, Mary is subjecting herself to be disowned by the eyes of the world. She is subjecting herself to the opposite of safety, unsafety, if you will. It's not a word, but go with it. She's subjecting herself to danger, exposure, vulnerability, and judgment. Her circumstance is outside of anything that seems safe and outside of anything that makes sense. Still, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Why do we hesitate to surrender? Why is it that we convince ourselves that our way is better than God's way? When has that ever been true? 
We allow Satan to feed us a lie that when we surrender to the uncertainty of God's will, it will lead us to be unsafe when we so desperately want to feel safe. He twists this idea of God's will being impossible and tricks us to think that because it's impossible, God doesn't care. We're not valued. How could that possibly happen to you? How could that possibly happen? Lies. Because God is the ultimate safety blanket or sweatshirt and his arms with the way. All you have to do is say, I'm the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. What is it that you need to surrender or maybe need to be reminded to surrender? Keep that thing in mind um, as we continue. The next few verses, verses 39 through 45, um, talk about Mary actually goes to visit this relative Elizabeth who Gabriel uh, mentioned to her in the previous part. Um, And she goes to visit her, and the moment Mary speaks to Elizabeth, the text says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb, who ends up being John the Baptist, another pretty vital Bible character, but that's another sermon for another time. But um, the moment Mary greets Elizabeth, the baby and Elizabeth's womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth loudly says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed is she that believes. That's confirmation if I've ever heard it. The Holy Spirit fell on this moment and provided Mary this time of just hearing from someone else, a relative, that she is blessed and that the words of God will be fulfilled. Surrender is something that can happen in a moment. But days change and sometimes we need reminders. Most of the time we have to kind of surrender things over and over and we need those constant things to remind us to surrender to God. But I can promise you, when God calls you to do something, when you believe in his word and believe in his power, he will place things in your path that will remind you to keep moving forward, keep believing that what he has spoken over you is true. For Mary, that was Elizabeth. She had this reminder that God was still with her. She had her moment of surrender, but in this moment, God was still with her, and she was blessed for believing. I feel like so often we get caught in these moments of we surrender, and then there's this time of, like, we're scared and we're afraid, and this can be a season of um, abandonment. We feel abandoned before the promise is fulfilled. That's not true. There isn't a gap in that moment of surrender and the promise being fulfilled. God is your safety blanket through the entire journey. Open your eyes to see that he's around you all the time and he's providing you with these reminders. When you surrender to the will of God, keep believing. Keep opening your eyes because blessed are we that believe that the Lord will fulfill his promises to us. He will fulfill his promises to us. When is he not? He never fails us and he's always faithful. Now this next part... uh, This next part gets me. Um, The heading in scripture in a lot of Bibles says Mary's song, um, also known as the Magnificat. And we don't know necessarily if Mary actually sang these words or if she wrote them. or um, It doesn't really matter, but we know that these words came from Mary's heart. 
She's received this confirmation. And then in verses 46 through 55, this is what she says. And I'm going to read that for you guys. It's going to come up uh, on the screen. Again, that's Luke 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Some other translations say magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. God regarded Mary. He had found value in her humility and her willingness to believe in him and surrender to his will. Generations is mentioned many times in this passage, three times, verses 48, 50, and 55, but specifically verse 55 references God's promise to Abraham in Genesis. That's the first book of the Bible. That's way back at the beginning. That's about 2,000 years, give or take a few, before this moment with Mary. And God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12, he calls Abraham to leave everything that's familiar, that's safe, and to trust that he's going to bless Abraham and the generations after and create a great nation from him for leaving, but trusting that God was going to bless him. Now Mary giving birth to Jesus ties the knot on that promise, but because of Jesus and what he was sent to do and what Mary was able to be a vessel for, we, everyone in this room, everyone in this world, still get to live in the confidence that that promise still applies to us. Thousands of years later, we're about 2,000 years, give or take a few, after Mary. That's 4,000 years after Abraham. Generations later, we still get to live in that promise that God is going to bless us and he's going to fulfill his promises to us. Mary surrenders. She receives confirmation. Then she magnifies the Lord. I feel like we so often forget that step. We get so caught up in discerning God's will. What does that mean? How do I do that? Which is good. But we got to magnify the Lord because he deserves it. She recognizes, Mary recognizes who God is, who he has been, and who he will continue to be forever because God doesn't change. This God that made this promise to Mary is the same God today. He is always faithful. He is always the source of our safety when things seem impossible and uncertain. And he is always the source in which our lives find value when we believe in his word. When Gabriel came and gave Mary this circumstance that in the world's eyes would bring unsafety, she said yes. Mary said yes. 
She said yes to what seemed impossible. She said yes to public shame and judgment and ridicule. She said yes to watching her son be tortured and die on the cross. She said yes to something that makes all things possible. She said yes to something that would bring safety in the midst of ridicule. She said yes to something that would give her value and make her known as blessed for generations. Mary said yes to God and his promise was fulfilled. And we get to live out in that promise of her son Jesus. Mary was a virgin. Elizabeth was barren. In our barrenness, in our brokenness, in our humanity, the Spirit calls us for us to surrender and move forward into the promises that God has for us. Not in our own power those promises be fulfilled, but the power of the Most High. And they will be fulfilled. Believe in who He is. Believe in His promises. And you will be safe And your life will have value. It will be valuable. And you will be considered blessed by generations, but by God. Doesn't he deserve to be magnified for that? That he wants to do that for us? He wants to fulfill those things to us? When you surrender to God's will, don't forget to be in awe of his ways and magnify the Lord. And the impossibility and the uncertainty, he is your safety blanket that's just an arm's reach away. He's your promise keeper. He's all you need and more. Don't hesitate. Don't think you have a better hold on things because you don't. You don't. Surrender. I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. Believe, because blessed are they that believe that the words of God will be fulfilled. And magnify the Lord. Surrender, believe, magnify. Side note, Mary was not doing this for fame. She was considered blessed because she believed in God's fame and God's words for her life. She said yes. How are people, generations from now, going to be blessed by your story? By you saying yes. Are you going to reach out and grab the sweatshirt or not? Are you going to say, I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. There's a lot of different people in here in a lot of different places, seniors, We're in a season of uncertainty. Whether you have a job lined up or not, there's just a new season coming that's scary. And we don't know what it's going to look like. Underclassmen, you still relate. You don't know what you're going to do this summer. You might not even know what you're going to do next year. You might still be trying to find that passion, that major, that something that you want to do forever. And maybe you have felt a tug towards something, but it just, like, doesn't make sense. Your heart says yes, but your mind's like, "Mm, I don't know. Or maybe you feel called to go on a missions trip, but financially it just doesn't make sense. Surrender, believe, and magnify. We're going to go into a time, and the band's just going to play some music. And during this time, I just want to challenge you guys to just sit with the Lord. 
and say to him, open your hands and say, I am the Lord's servant, whatever that looks like, whatever that is that you need to get rid of and just let him do his thing. Surrender. And then spend some time just personally magnifying him, however that best fits you. That might be that you just need to sit quietly and maybe write these words down. Maybe sing your own song to the music that will be played. Get your phones out. It's the 21st century. We have social media. Why not use it to glorify God? Write a post. Why not? Use this time as you see fit. Surrender. Believe that the words of God will be fulfilled. And magnify his name. Spend some time alone doing that. And then we're going to come together and actually sing the words of the Magnificat together as a community. We're going to magnify him because he deserves it. So take this time and do with it what you will.